The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. So let's get over to our next guest, uh, Wu Shiwei. He's Professor and Director of Centre for Public Health Research at Nanjing University Medical School. Uh, Professor Shiwei, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we obviously want to get your take on the relaxation of COVID measures in China. As Ed mentioned, uh, Shanghai, Hangzhou now joining and relaxing the measures. What's your judgment of what we've seen so far and what's coming next? Um, well, I so far, uh, approximately a dozen cities have uh, easing, uh, eased these restrictions on uh, COVID, uh, basically by removing the requirement for nuclear acid testing and the sitting uh, restaurant services and uh, also other public health, uh, public activities. I think a very good sign that uh, the country is moving towards opening up. Uh, but I don't see that uh, it's, uh, it will be immediately fully opening. Uh, it's more likely that there is a, uh, a, form, a policy form, uh, formulation. Uh, basically, the government is trying to balance um, the general public and also uh, those um, uh, elderly people and people with uh, basic medical conditions, how to deal with that in, in case when the infection shows up. So uh, I think there are still certain kind of preparations for hospital services and also public health sectors as well. So, um, but overall, I would expect that uh, the country is going to uh, open up very soon after three years of uh, strict uh, restrictions, uh, people are frustrated and uh, we have seen that you can't really contain the virus very effectively. And uh, um, the bottom line is that people starting to realize it is not necessary to uh, do uh, over uh, overreaction uh, you know, to the virus because it doesn't cause mm-hmm. very severe diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how much of this, I want to talk about the health challenge in a moment, but I want to talk about the messaging challenge as well, because it seems that over the past three years or so, uh, it has been drummed into the Chinese people that this is a very, very serious disease. But uh, certainly here in Australia, I know people have had it multiple times and often said, I've had worse head colds. Uh, how much of an issue is the messaging around uh, rebranding COVID going to be? 
Well, uh, clearly that uh, the messaging is not very clear because the current Omicron is quite different from the earlier viruses, um, like the uh, the original virus and later on the Alpha, Beta, and the last year's Delta uh, variants. Uh, the earlier viruses are much more uh, pathogenic, means that it causes more severe diseases, but the current uh, virus, it's only cause um, mostly upper respiratory tract infections, and usually it's uh, quite, uh, you know, uh, self-limiting. But the, the thing is that, you know, uh, as people experience the first two years, uh, they, uh, many people do not really or fully uh, able to distinguish the current Omicron and earlier virus. So when we're talking about a, a coronavirus, people thought, oh, this is a deadly virus. So I think this is something actually uh, in the public health sectors should uh, put on the effort of trying to ed uh, need to ed educate people and let people know that, okay, this is no longer a, a highly deadly virus. If you take proper public health measure and prevention measures, then you can get by it and then live your normal life. Mm -hmm. Of course, I mean, it does still make a number of people very, very ill. And the experience of other countries suggests that as reopening takes place, hospitalizations rise as well. How well positioned are China's hospitals to deal with the coming wave? Well, I think um, I'm quite confident that the hospital is, uh, is prepared well uh, for the new surge. Uh, one reason is that uh, over the years, China has been uh, building up uh, hospital facilities and also the medical preparedness for this type of diseases, although uh, China is a huge country with a huge population. Um, overall, the, the, the health sector is still, um, you know, uh, proportionally still sometimes have to um, to, to deal with a large number of patients. But um, we have seen that uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, the government built up a tremendous uh, number of uh, hospital beds, which although many of them are uh, you know, makeshift beds, but still they provide a, a certain uh, supplementary to the, to the existing hospital facilities. Um, I, I think the hospital has uh, adequate uh, adequate facility and the personnel to deal with uh, COVID-19. The other thing is that if you look at the, the vaccination rates overall, not, over 90% of the Chinese population have received the full vaccination. Although in the elderly population, the percentage is kind of low, uh, approximately about uh, 50%. So this is the sector which we need to put focus on to promote and encourage people to take vaccine. Mm -hmm. Of course, we also need to prepare uh, medication as well in case when people develop uh, severe diseases, then uh, they will get treatment. Yeah, the elderly population also the most vulnerable in terms of the potential death rate. Uh, China's had very low mortality rates so far. Can, do you envisage that changing? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your projection? And, and um, how's, the, uh, how's the government going to change its messaging around that as well as death rates inevitably rise? Uh, well, uh, uh, death rates will arrive, but that's what actually I think the, what the government is doing is trying to formulate a policy. Um, one, one thing is that um, uh, by increasing the vaccination in the elderly uh, population and also uh, in the population with the basic medical conditions. The second is that uh, outsourcing some of the, uh, the uh, current drugs, such as in, in some of the hospitals, which I know uh, already in the purchased uh, 
uh, stocks for uh, therapeutic drugs like uh, Paxlovid by Pfizer and those companies. Mm -hmm. So um, by doing this, actually, hospital will be propelled for uh, people who have have severe diseases, and by doing increasing the vaccination rates, we could significantly reduce. Uh, the the mm -hmm. severe cases. I think that's something uh, the government is doing. But the other thing is that yep. I'm, I'm think Professor. Unfortunately, we're we're out of time. But thank you so much for joining us on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. That is Professor Wu Jiwei. He is the director of the Center for Public Health Research at Nanjing University Medical School. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.